Hey, welcome back to the Daily Devo here on the Waypoint Church Podcast. My name is Logan Miller. I'm one of the worship leaders here. And thank you so much for tuning in today. Today's Devo is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to be reading from a book called The Road Trip That Changed the World by Mark Sayers. Uh, Mark Sayers is a pastor in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, he's a brilliant thinker, theologian, scholar, but he's also a sociologist of sorts. And so Sayer wrote this book to really understand where our culture came from in the 20th century and then kind of where we're headed. And the kind of center point of the book is this idea of moral therapeutic deism, uh, which is kind of a big word. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard that before, but the idea is this, that mainstream Christian culture began to buy into this idea that... um, God is sort of this far off deity, right? He he exists and he created the world and he just kind of watches over things, but he's not intimately connected into life. Uh, he wants people to be good, right? He wants people to be nice to each other. And um, he, ultimately the, the goal of life is to be happy, to feel good about yourself, to treat others well. Um, and so Sayers is looking at this and he's saying, in a culture that has this moral therapeutic deism view of God, how does true Christian religion speak? And uh, so that's kind of the the quick backstory there. Uh, And so I'm going to start reading uh, something that he says here. He says, many in our culture hold to a fuzzy kind of belief in God, yet they also simultaneously act like atheists. It helps us grasp the contradictory approach to faith that is so prevalent in our society. Our current secular worldview is the perfect factory for the creation of nearby gods. So he's saying God is is so far off and not really tied to my everyday life. And so because of that, a lot of the culture just begins to create these other gods or what we would call idols. He says, we turn to consumer goods, sex, technology, travel, experience, and career into idols. Idols that are attempts to create modules of meaning in an empty, transcendence-free universe. It says, we exhaust the world, wanting to worship that which was never designed to be worshipped and to be worshipped ourselves. Our lives become stuck in a loop, and thus contemporary life is marked by a constant wanting more, ever-present dissatisfaction, and restlessness. Our lives are marked by a constant wandering, a fluidity concerning relationships, careers, home, sexuality, identity, and belief is now the norm. Such a restlessness inevitably at times leads us to a desire for the transcendent. At moments of loss and tragedy, when the existential questions break through the chatter and the buzz, we turn to this faraway God. But this faraway God, or this faraway idol, is a God in name only, a deity robbed of its power to truly intervene in the world to offer justice, salvation, and redemption. Instead, it just offers soppy sentimentalisms. It can only give us visions of heaven and temporary spiritual solace. The loose and fuzzy faraway God cannot give us what we really need. It can't offer us a sense of ethics and justice. It can't tell us that we're not the center of the universe or that we're not God. Because at the end of the day, the faraway idol, this distant God, is really just a complicit player in fantasies that we are gods and that the ultimate authority lies with us. 
So that's a, a, a hefty little passage there. And you may just want to go back and, and re-listen to that. But I think what Sayers is getting at is so beautiful that in our worldview, if we think of God as this far off being that's not actually present, or if we think of God as this far off being whose ultimate goal for us is just to be happy, then we ultimately don't need him. And in turn, we look to other things and we create these other small gods, these idols in our lives. And then when trouble comes, and biblically we're told that it's not a if, but a when that trouble is going to come. And when it comes, these small gods don't have the ability to handle that. And so oftentimes people turn to God in those moments, but even the God that they're turning to, it's not the holy God of the Bible. It's not the God that is intimately connected to their lives. It's not the God who died to put sin to death so that we could raise to life with him. It's not that God. It's just a God who can fix our situation for a moment and get us back to happiness. So yeah, I'm hopeful that you're able to recognize how prevalent this is in our world and in our culture. And my hope is that through naming it, right, and through talking about it, we can begin to see, man, that's not who God is. That's not what he wants for his world. That's not what he wants for his people. See, God is not just concerned with us being happy. God wants good things for us. And it's a different thing. But that distinction is important. God's not far off. He's here. God's not just concerned with people being nice to each other. But God is concerned with justice. And God is concerned with his kingdom being displayed on the earth through his people. See, there's differences and they're significant. So to close out, I'm just going to read the, the last paragraph of this chapter. And it says this, previous generations, unlike previous generations who had fallen into the trap of viewing God like their stern, distant fathers, today we're more likely to imagine God as something akin to a permissive parent. The parent who would drop anything to come and give you a life, who would pay for all of your breakages, write you sick notes when you took a day off school, and who would let you eat chocolate just before bed because you threw a tantrum. But when you view God as a permissive parent, it's natural that the universe will become morally insignificant. Faith will become a favor to God. Devotion and worship will be transformed into an expectation of entertainment and a desire for reward. See, God's not just a distant being, but he's also not just a coin machine that we put money into or we put worship into or we put faith into and he spits out all the things that we want. See, God is concerned with his glory being displayed on the earth. And it's an amazing thing. But our culture, especially when we listen to it six days out of the week and only listen to God one day out of the week, it begins to be a powerful voice in our world. And we begin to slip into this way of thinking about God that's not reality. It's not who he is. 
So God is intimately here, he's intimately involved, and he's got a master plan that his kingdom would come here and it would be displayed through his people, the church, and that justice would roll like a river and that compassion would roll on. It's such a bigger story. And that's the thing I love about it. So I know that was uh, maybe a little bit heady. Uh, Maybe you can slow it down if I was talking too fast on your uh, podcast player. Um, The book again is called The Road Trip That Changed the World by Mark Sayers. And uh, again, I appreciate the opportunity to just share that with you. It's something that um, I read this book uh, once a year, basically, just to refresh myself because if we don't know how to name something, if we don't know how to see something for what it is, we have a really hard time to speak towards that. And our culture is really infatuated with this idea of moral therapeutic deism. And as believers, we have to have the ability to have those conversations in gracious and loving ways and point people to the bigger story. So that's it for today, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.